to say my name. My name is Deja Brown. And you're listening to. And you're listening to. The Open Mic. The Open Mic. Podcast. Podcast. Pop, 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 podcast. You just like saying that part, don't you? Uh huh. You was spitting, you know that you was tripping. Never thought to see me dipping, but I had to get missing. I'm tired of stressing. Yeah. Yeah, hey everybody, welcome to the My Radio Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Brown, and we back for the episode. Yeah, I know I missed y'all last week, but hey man, I'm not consistent. I can blame that on myself. You know, I'm not a very consistent person. I got a lot going on in my life right now, okay? That's none of y'all business. Anyway, I want to thank the ones and the twos and the threes of y'all who downloaded last week's podcast or week before last podcast uh, with Dominic Guerrero as the uh, co host. Real good friend of mine. Uh, check him out every first Wednesday of the month at the Draft House. No, DC. Um, open mic. Anyway, uh, before we go any further, I want to say that I don't own the rights to this song, but you know we always started all with Run Around with Janelle. And I have a new uh, guest tonight, uh, today, whatever, in the Umbernut studio. My good friend, my, my little homie from way back, my homegirl is Teresa Consumption. Hey, Teresa Concepcion. Hi, Mike B. How you doing? Good. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Got a problem. You made the journey. You made the wooden, you made the journey here to the Umbenos Studio. Did the you make Umbenos a- Studio. Yeah, there were a lot of trees <laughs> on the way here. Hey, did you make a pass security? Yes, I did. Okay, because you know, we have a lot of security here. We do. In Umbenos um, Studio. They they enjoyed the pat down. Okay. Hey. <laughs> There's a lot of thirsty security guards. There's a lot of thirsty security guards. <laughs> hey, I, I, like, hey, man, you can't do that. It's, it's the B2 movement. You can't mm-hmm. just be randomly searching women around here. But, yeah. hey, whatever, man. Hey, how you been? I'm good. It's I'm been, good. Okay. Uh, you know, I, and I, I, I like, to, like when I bring guests on, I like to give a backstory. I'm, yes. I have backstories for everybody, man. Yeah, we uh, have a backstory. Yeah, it's a lot of backstories. <laughs> and we, we're going to leave some of those off the podcast. We're going to leave some of <laughs> because the head security guard is next door. Look, um, <laughs> the head security guard is back next yes. door. But no, um, uh, fun filled fact, uh, Teresa, um, you started off at the DC Improv, mm-hmm. um, five minutes to funny right class. Yeah, right? I did that. And then they gave you a printout. Yeah. And they were like, go to these, go to these mics here. Yeah, they were basically like, we had the graduation show mm-hmm. in August, twenty sixteen. Mm-hmm. And then the day before, like the the class before the graduation show, they give you this handout. Yeah. And they're like, just FYI, you know, if you decide to do this, mm. you're not gonna get this kind of audience. So you're gonna, have, it's not always gonna be like 200 people wanting to laugh. Absolutely not. So they said, if you really want to go and you really want to like number one see shows beforehand, mm. and then do mics after, like here's the list. And so yeah. they did it by days of the week. Mm-hmm. Um, and you guys, Solly's was yeah. on Tuesdays. On we the was list. probably one of the only Afro American open mics on that list. I'm just saying, I don't know, maybe not. I don't know. I've never seen the list. I just know that people came in and be like, but Teresa Consumption's first time <laughs> on the mic <laughs> was, on, was, was at, at Solly's. Yes. yes. So, hey, you know what I'm saying? So that's our backstory. Yeah. I met Teresa, and then she, she put out the camera, and she was like, I'm going to take these headshots. So, you know, I'm like, okay, yeah. cool. And I was taking these headshots. I was weird. It was weird because I was fat. I was very self conscious then. Really? Um, yeah, and I'm just as much fatter than I was when in 2016 and it is now in 2019. You know? Yeah, it's uh, aging sucks. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the slow metabolism thing is not fun. Uh, so so yeah. let's 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 I've always been like a storyteller, mm-hmm. you know, and so everyone just always told me I was funny. I used to do music when I was a lot younger. I, heard, I listened to some of your music on yeah. SoundCloud. Yeah, so mm-hmm. and then I was just like those songs I made the winter of twenty fifteen. Okay. Um, but you know when I was in college, I used to perform a lot, mm-hmm. and then went to law school, so I stopped performing. Mm-hmm. And then this guy actually that I was seeing, the only good thing he ever did was suggest that I take the imp- the DC comedy class at mm-hmm. the improv. Who paid? He did or you did? Oh, I did. He didn't oh. pay for shit. <laughs> he's a hater. Yes. Hey, you should, uh, take this, you should take this class to give That's all t- he <laughs> said was just take this class and then that was basically the last interaction we had. But it was a really good tip. Mm-hmm. Um, so no, I took the class. At the time, I was staying with my aunt in mm-hmm. Maryland of an hour away because okay. I had just moved down to the area. And mm-hmm. so I figured, oh, this will be like a fun way to meet people, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, it's, it's like it was like no tender. one else from the class is 
doing comedy. I think one person is doing comedy. He does a lot in Virginia. Okay. Um, but otherwise, I think I'm the only one from the class who's like still doing it on the regular. Mm-hmm. But anyway, yeah. So I kind of caught the bug, mm-hmm. and then you know it's cocaine. Yes, it is. <laughs> it is, and uh, I needed another fix, and so then I went to Sally's. But yeah. Actually, am I going to lie? Like, Solly's was my first mic, and I thought, I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to do comedy. Everyone here seems so mean. I gave Haywood shit about that, because when (laughs) I first approached, they didn't tell us about Comic Call at the improv. Maybe he said it, like, as an anecdote, but Mm -hmm. I didn't know what it was. Okay. So I went up looking around, and he was at the thing, like, just fiddling with the music, and I'm like, oh, you know, excuse me, sir. I'm here for the open mic. Yeah. And he didn't even look up. He's like, just talk to Mike. Yeah. And I was like, okay. Oh, okay. And then I was like, I don't know who Mike is. Like, point him out. And he was like, just over there. He's over there. You need to relax. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so I was shook. I was like, I don't know how this is going to go. But it won't, won't be. And then I had some people from the class come. Mm-hmm. And so I had like some supporters in the audience okay. for the first mic. Okay. But yeah, you guys were my first mic. Okay. So okay, I, I would I wanna cause I like to get, I like to ask people that question. I like mm-hmm. to ask guys that question, and then I find out stuff. Then I have questions after that. Okay. I, I, like to, I have follow up questions, much like the head security guard of the Omino Studio. <laughs> he she asked me questions, and yes. then, I, then she has follow up questions afterwards. So, you went to okay. So do you remember your very first joke that you ever wrote in the class? Did like the first like when you was in the class? Yeah, I I. Uh... I, well, I had just relocated mm-hmm. from New York, and so I, I said that, you know, in relocating, I had to end, like, this really long-term relationship, mm-hmm. right? Like, it had been five years. Okay. And in thinking about it, you know, I thought it was going to be a healthy move because, you know, he was always, like, talking shit about my family and, like, <laughs> telling me that I was being, like, you know, um, what's that word? Like frivolous with money, cheap. Yeah. Okay. Or no, no, no. But it's just like just spending. Oh, oh, spending it. Okay. So like basically like every flaw I had, like he would point out, right? Mm-hmm. And so then when I was getting ready to move, I just told my therapist I was like, you know what, it's not working out anymore. We're just not gonna be able to keep up. So that was the punchline was that I had been talking to my therapist about my therapist. Okay. In making the move. That oh, was the like therapist the, was your. The, Therapist was the breakup. Okay. Yes. I was. I was following. I was like, wait a minute. So this man, he ain't shit. He keeps putting you down. Then you're like, it was a therapist. Like, oh. Oh yeah. You got. You got. You paid to get beat up. Yeah. Emotionally. That's that's weird. I did. <laughs> I did. Yeah. So that was the first one. And then like initially, I actually haven't brought it back to my set, but um, you know, we had jokes about um like dieting. Mm-hmm. And how, like, every morning you want to wake up and have the green smoothie and then meditate for 10 minutes and do mm-hmm. yoga for an hour and then mm-hmm. have some tea. And yeah. in reality, you oversleep and you get Starbucks. <laughs> and yeah. then you haven't eaten until 3, so you get a burger figuring it's protein. You know, yeah. like... Yeah, you got your meats. You got yeah. your meats out. Yeah. So okay. stuff like that. Just that, But I've always been, like, thinking about, like, the daily stuff. Okay. Not so much politics and things like that. Okay, okay, okay. So, okay, so, all right, so... All right, so you did the class. Mm-hmm. All right, you brought up the fact that you you was in Maryland and you and you and you're a lawyer. Mm-hmm. And it, one of the fun things about comedy is you always run it like there's people who there are some comics who do it full time, but there are a lot of comics who do it um, for side cash and then but they have yeah. main jobs because you know like me I can't afford the fifty dollar gig and right. then my car note I can't do that right right <laughs> in the yeah. studio so um so you 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 was a you were a lawyer your day job you're mm-hmm. like one of the three lawyers I actually know who do comedy mm-hmm. and 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 your know, lawyers who do comedy and law yeah you know what I'm saying so what, what kind of law was you at now um, um I was in a bank working in fair lending so making mm-hmm. sure that you know the bank didn't discriminate in giving mortgages or credit applications to um you definitely would have lost your job doing this administration there which is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> no it was a private company but no it's you know it's a lot of people when i tell them what i do the first reaction that they always say is you know well maybe black people should you know work on their credit score or work harder mm-hmm. and what i have to explain is that no what happens is you have two candidates, right? A black guy and a white guy. Mm-hmm. They have the same income. Mm-hmm. They have the same credit score. They have like very similar credit histories. Mm-hmm. And the white guy will get more money at a lower interest rate. Yeah. And the black guy will get, you know, less money at a higher interest rate. 
And then what that does is that it pushes black people into certain more affordable communities that aren't going to um, increase in value at the same rate as like yeah. the higher value neighborhoods, right? Okay. So it's kind of like this system and um, it kind of perpetuates where even today, you know, I think the CFPB, which is the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, is getting yeah. dismantled under Trump. Yeah. So I don't really know who's going to be monitoring banks. Okay. The, all the bank monitoring happened after the um, the big recession. Okay. That was the impetus for that. Okay. okay. Right. So anyway, that's what I do, okay. like, in the day. Okay. See, 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 super see, fun. See, I, I, I like backstories. Yeah. I like backstories where I go on with this. All right, look, look let's dove, let's dove more into this now. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, lawyer, comedy, and everything mm-hmm. like that. You told me about the first jokes. How has the comedy journey treated you? So, you say back at this mm-hmm. 2016, it's 2019. So, you're looking at maybe three years of comedy history. So, how's it? How's, how's the comedy treating you thus far? The journey. Uh, it's it's interesting. Mm-hmm. It's good. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of different. I mean, there's a lot of different aspects to comedy, right? Like yeah. being on the stage is fun, mm-hmm. and it's also like a puzzle. Yeah. Trying to figure out, you know, what is gonna make people laugh, and like yeah. what version of a joke is gonna make people laugh. Mm-hmm. Like even last night, I switched up something, and it worked better than what I had been doing for like the last six months. Yeah. But it took me six months to say maybe I should change this. You know. Because you had the improv. Yeah. Um, this weekend. Okay. Yeah. And so who, who's the closer? Who's the headliner? Oh, Jesus Trejo. Okay, I, I I definitely wouldn't have. You're hosting or feature? I'm hosting. Yeah, and I Courtney Farrington is. I definitely wouldn't have said his name as well. So I'm like, yeah, you know who he is. Well, I'm gonna make the announcer anonymous, but the announcer last night was like Jesus Trejo, and I was like, <laughs> so I went up there and I was like, this is why they really brought in a Puerto Rican. It's like they wanted someone who could say Jesus Jesus Trejo. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. So, so the comedy is just like it's like any other industry, you know? Mm-hmm. It's there's competition. Yeah. There's like cutthroat stuff. It's very competitive. There's like clickiness. Mm-hmm. But that exists everywhere. I yeah. will say like the one thing that stood out to me about comedy, and I, I made a joke about it once because I'm like when lawyers are pissed off at each other, mm-hmm. you have to at least put in like a preface, like a premise that you're pretending mm-hmm. to like be nice. Yeah. Or respectful. Mm-hmm. You have to say something like, you know, <laughs> as per my last email, this is my third and final request, yeah. <laughs> you know, for all of the documents that we have discussed and, you know, I will have to go to the judge and da 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 And then, you know, if comics are pissed off at each other, it's like a whole fucking fuck you diatribe on Facebook. Oh yeah, definitely on Facebook. <laughs> it hasn't happened on Facebook because Twitter is not enough characters. Yeah, so it's, on like, it's like this diatribe on Facebook <laughs> and then the memes start and be like, fuck that bitch meme. And yeah. Yeah. Def- def- definitely on Facebook you screenshot it put it on Twitter or Instagram is, you know, yeah. get, get more likes and shares <laughs> yeah so that part about it like kind of threw me off guard mm-hmm. a little bit um, so that's I've had to learn about how to like engage and disengage mm-hmm. with folks because I think part of the reason why I started comedy was because I wanted to meet people like on a social level mm-hmm. but then it's kind of like you know, mixing business and personal. I kind of yeah. have taken now the view of making, you know, comedy more of like a business type of mentality. Okay. As opposed to like, let's be friends. Mm. Because I don't then be like, <laughs> then people like start clawing you out. And then, you know, so I, you know, I don't know. My circle's very small in mm-hmm. comedy as in life, but yeah. that's just how I am. Now, how small do you keep your circle? Like my circle is about eight. It's about eight, but like out of those eight, seven of them, I've known them for at least 35 years. Uh Well, actually, I moved around a lot Mm -hmm. when I was a kid. Um, By the time I graduated 12th grade, I had been to 10 schools. Okay. So I don't know anyone like my whole life Mm -hmm. um, except family. Mm -hmm. So my friends are two chicks that I've known for 10 years Mm -hmm. and one new girl... And one guy. Okay. So it's small. Okay. Hey. I, yeah. I, hey. I'm. I. I keep. I don't trust nobody. <laughs> yeah. But the thing about it too is that I have conversation. Like I have yeah. different people for different topics. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like one girl. You know, she and I are like are very very close, but her primary thing is like we bitch about work. Yeah. And then like I have another girl, and you know our primary thing is just like talking just shit and gossip. You know what I mean? So yeah. everyone's got like their different. Okay. If 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 you're if if someone said hey I need a uh, I need I need Teresa Conception on on my show but I've never seen her perform uh, can you describe her like what is her comedy style 
what would, what would one person say about your style of comedy? It's sort of like stream of consciousness, family, mm-hmm. personal okay. anecdotes from I'll be a Latina. Questions. From a Latina point of view, <laughs> from a, Latina, a wise Latina point of view is. Questions, my, my questions be deep. Teresa. They are deep. The, you didn't see these. You didn't see, you didn't, I didn't see these coming. <laughs> I didn't bring my jackhammer. <laughs> <These> <laughs> my questions. emotional jackhammer to dig deep. <laughs> Teresa, like you go, be, you like you. Go, hey, look, we're gonna have fun. We're gonna do this. Yeah. You didn't see these emotional deep questions coming. I, I don't. I don't have those deep question type. I don't have the deep question type of face. You don't. <laughs> Disarming. <laughs> it's like you think it's gonna be fun, but really, Teresa. <laughs> no, no, no. So, no, I, I like to give her. I like to because this. Is, I'm sure I'm gonna have you back. I just want everybody to have a backstory so we can, you know, go further on. Um, we're gonna take one break. We're gonna come back, and we're gonna talk about your show. What else is going on? And we're gonna talk about why um, the new slogan for Virginia should be "Once you go blackface, you never go back." <laughs> <laughs> That's actually pretty good. <laughs> we were right back. Uh, uh, shout out to the homie Tony Cobain and Recipe for winning um, moments. Uh, on this is the only song I play during commercial breaks because I don't have to get it cleared. All right, bye. Nice and quiet. Oh, I wanna sex you up. You need this kind of love. Who gonna love you like me? Nobody. My body all over your body. They don't know about this. Take you to a place. Nice and quiet. Oh, I wanna sex you up. You need this kind of love. Who gonna love you like me? Nobody. My body all over your body. They don't know. So I can hit it. Shorty text me, she had a long day. Told her get ready for the business. She the gift I needed since Christmas. I ain't never take off my wish list. Everything started with a kiss, kiss. Now we all twisted yoga positions. Told her she remind me of a Jeep. The way she ride me through the sheets. Told me she needs TLC. Now she see why nigga creep. She got me cleaning for life, bro. She got me calling her wife, though. I can hit it all night, yo. Her body got me all hyped, though. Let me take you to a place nice and quiet. Ooh, I want to sex you up. You need this kind of love. Who gonna love you like me? Nobody. My body all over your body. They don't know about this. Let me take you to a place nice and quiet. And that's um, Tony Cobain, Recipe, and Recipe for Winning uh, Moments. Uh, you go on the SoundCloud and iTunes to download that. Uh, I like this song. Uh, you know Tony Cobain. Yeah. He's a good guy. He was here a couple of months ago. Uh, he's, he's, a, he's a vegan. Is he? Yeah, vegans scare me. They're, they live a difficult lifestyle. Yeah, I've, I've like <laughs> thought about it. Yeah. And then... I went vegan Something two days. Happened. Really? Yeah. It's, it's like, I, I know this is this is not for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's too much to figure out. I think diet, dieting to me is, is hard to figure out. Uh, four years ago when I did my DVD taper, um, like the months before that, I was like working out uh, three times a week. And now my workouts really consisted of me just playing basketball for like four straight hours. Wow. Yeah. Just like I'm just running up and down the court, whatever. You know, you get your breaks in because you end up losing. I lost a lot. And then you have to sit there and call next. Like, yo, can I get another run? You know, then. So I did have to, then I lost like maybe 20, 30 pounds, whatever. But it's the dieting part. Because mm-hmm. they say abs are made in the kitchen. Yeah, it's but, 80% is the food. But but then your coworkers don't don't care about the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're going to yeah. River Tuesdays. You're like, well, hold on, let me get this salad. And like, I want no salad. I want to go to River Tuesday. Yeah. And get the pasta. Like, All right, I'm okay. with you. I mean, <laughs> it's difficult. It's difficult to maintain the discipline. But there is a thing that I've been reading, and and the reason they say that diets fail is because human beings have like a finite amount of motivation. Yeah. Right. And so you can't rely on motivation to get you through anything. Yeah. What you have to develop are habits. Yeah. And so. Like, if you made a habit where, you know, every morning, just as soon as you wake up, you make a smoothie, mm-hmm. then as soon as that habit gets developed, yeah. you wait and do another one. Yeah. So that's the thing that I've been trying to work on, mm-hmm. 
so I feel like a like a I'm in recovery. I'm like I'm six days sober of not ordering takeout. <laughs> like that's a big. Yeah. I want I want to do yeah. the I want to do the back to when I was in the army. The uh, wake up first thing in the morning and then immediately go work out. Like don't shower, don't use the bathroom, don't I wash. I want to do that too. I keep trying. Yeah. I don't know how these people do it. There's this one guy that I know. Um, he's a chef in DC and he's got like this Instagram account. He's always like so alert and smiley at four thirty in the morning. Yeah. And I messaged him, I'm like, I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> this is possible. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, when I was in the army, I think because um, we used to get we used to, we got up four thirty in the morning mm-hmm. and work out like five in the morning. My my what made me happy was always since I, I had to wake up was make sure everybody else is up so I would just be as loud as possible. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go, good morning. Let's get this. Like, even though I didn't want to run, just the fact that I was, like, making everybody else miserable. They're like, shut up, bro. Like, I can't. I'm right. mad. I'm mad. I'm mad to say I've been running. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, like, that just made me. And I think I'm going to go back to that. Will Smith does it. I think I'm going to go back to that. Just go on Instagram, go live. Like three thirty. <laughs> I get it. I'll see, uh, yeah. Does he do that? Will Smith does that? I don't know, but I think I should do that. Well, Kevin Hart was like he had his whole like health is wealth thing for mm. a long time. Yeah. Until he started fucking up, and then I think he started trying to be a role model. Yeah, he just. I think he disabled all his social media accounts. Yeah. He's <laughs> just like fuck y'all. I'm just living my life. I, like I, I tried it, y'all. Look, yeah. I, I had yeah. They got me. I'm cool. I'm yeah. cool with that, man. Hey, welcome back to Omar Radio Podcast. I got my homegirl Teresa Concepcion. I, you got to say Concepcion like that, mm-hmm. or does it have a flair? You gotta, it doesn't. Like, like you got to say yeah. Concepcion. Concepcion. And it also helps me pronounce it correctly and mm-hmm. enunciate. Um, we was just talking a little bit, and um, we was talking about diets and stuff like that. Uh, speaking of talking, Teresa Consumption has a show called Talking with Teresa. I do. And um, talk about it, Teresa. It's- <laughs> <laughs> well, it's every Wednesdays at six mm-hmm. p.m. and it's like it's from Listen Vision Studios, mm-hmm. um, WLVS Radio. Okay. It's the same uh, radio station uh, that Anthony Oaks uses for mm-hmm. Thursday night tea with Anthony. Thursday night tea. <laughs> Thursday um, night and he comes on frequently on my show so mm-hmm. and it's live stream okay. on Facebook okay. so I usually will share it um, on my page and then ask the guests to share it so that people can you know tune in mm-hmm. what I want to do is I want to convert the episodes into audio files so that I can mm-hmm. upload them into a podcast format so if people don't want to just like watch mm-hmm. Then they can have the option to. I can tell you how to do that too. Like, yeah, that would be great. I, I'll tell you that off, off air. Those, off air, yeah. yeah. I'll tell you. I can't give everybody the secrets. But that's what I was saying. Like <laughs> before this thing started, I was telling Mike that, um, you know, the reason I started that was because I had wanted to do a podcast, mm-hmm. and then I couldn't figure out the equipment. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. <laughs> and so I was just like, you know what? Let me just find people who are gonna do this for me. Yeah, this is really simple. Um, it is a laptop, maybe an iPad if you if you're fancy, and, mm-hmm. and a mixer. You yeah. don't need a big mixer like this. You just need a little small mixer. Amazon, $50. Yeah. I got all the... I have everything that I need. And then... You just don't want to do it. Just so you I, just look, I just looked at it and I was like, you know what? <laughs> it's like going to the gym and then getting there and you're like, you know what? I'm going to plug all this. You know I what? came in. I, I made it that far. I'm going to go home now. Yeah, I'm tired. Yeah. And it, like, when I go to the gym, if, my, if, if I cut my headphones on and they immediately die... I go home. Yeah. That's what, but that's the problem. Like, you got to prepare. You have to plan ahead. Yeah. That's the thing uh, that we like, don't do. Yeah. Like, all right, well, do, do, do. Like, all right, that's it. No more yeah. Dr. Dre for me. I'm going home. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, uh, so what, I, I watched one or two episodes, mm-hmm. and um, you was talking about, uh, you was talking about the books that you was reading, and it's, it's almost like, not a TED talk, but like, it's like you read a book, and then you break it down. Yeah. Yeah, and so it was, I forgot what book you was. You was like, it's so on this page, but like you knew what you were talking about. It was almost like a sermon. I almost felt like I was in church. <laughs> no, so I think the episode you're talking about is that I brought in some of the books that I've been using in my therapy, mm-hmm. and um, one of the books is um, for dialectical behavioral therapy, which is DBT. Mm-hmm. And essentially, what it does is it kind of teaches you to slow down your thought process Mm -hmm. so that you don't just have like an emotional knee-jerk reaction to everything Mm -hmm. um you just kind of have to slow down like for example the other day i was having an argument with a family member and i got like heated Mm -hmm. and i was about to just like pop off and Mm -hmm. then i caught myself and i was like all right wait i'm being overly emotional i don't want to say shit i don't want to like i don't want to regret it Mm -hmm. let me take a breath Mm -hmm. and okay now we'll have like a normal conversation Mm -hmm. like 
a couple years ago, that just would have been me, yeah. like, freaking out on somebody. So it's just kind of, so I just wanted to share some tips, because I think we were right around the holidays, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, I think that was the holiday one. Yeah, but the premise of the whole thing was, um, you know, I wanted to try to combine, you know, my legal background mm-hmm. and, you know, the comedy and just try to put news stories in, like, a different light. Okay. Because I feel like sometimes we had... Um, I think the first episode, I broke down the Voting Rights Act. Okay. And the reason I did that was because um, it was the midterms. Yeah. And everyone, and every headline was talking about, oh, you know, the ways that people were getting, like, shunned at the polls or, you know, mm-hmm. having difficulty voting. And I kept seeing just stories talking about that and comments talking about, like, well, why don't they just go farther? Or why don't they come with the correct paperwork? Mm-hmm. And so... I thought that if I, you know, could provide a breakdown of, you know, the history of it so that people could really understand, then at least when they read news articles later, they have more context for it. So it's not so much that I'm trying to, like, I'm just trying to take, like, big issues, like, for example, the 21 Savage thing. Yeah, I saw it. I think I I, I heard you bring that up. Yeah, so that was when I was like, okay, guys, like, maybe we should start freaking out a little bit, you know? And I don't think people got it because everyone was making jokes. So those are the kinds of things that I... And then I just bring in people to just um, talk. Yeah. uh, For me, first of all, you bet AOC, so I'm jealous, all right? Yeah, I did. It's like Kareem met uh, Maxine Waters. Like, I'm super jealous, Um, so, (laughs) you know... I'm trying to get AOC to an open mic. Any mic, um, AOC, if you're listening. Yeah, I, I just love her. Just she was lo- very cool. <laughs> uh, damn, I, I, yeah, like the 21 Savage thing, right? And mm-hmm. I was telling people, like, it starts with the wall, all right? And it goes for the wall, and then, like, Mexico, and they bring their rapists and stuff like that. Whatever, right? We don't believe that. Some people don't. But 30% of people, 30% of America do believe that, apparently. So if, it, if it, 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 it's going to eventually go down to we're back in slavery. <laughs> like I, mean, I feel, I, I feel like that's that that's the like it starts off with Mexico, and then it goes to black people going back to Africa. Like I just feel like <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like in a lot of ways we're moving backwards. Yeah, but I also feel like liberals are also mm. taking us backwards too, in a mm. way, because in terms of free speech, because mm-hmm. everyone is so fucking sensitive. Yeah, now mm-hmm. that. Think about Eddie Murphy's Delirious. Yeah. Just the first five minutes <laughs> of that. I think he said, like, the F word, you know. Yeah. Like, 30 times. Oh, absolutely. But just in the first five minutes. Mm-hmm. And if that were to come out today, you know, he would be, like, his career would probably be ruined just yeah. because of, like, all the apologies that he would have to make. Yeah, between apologies or any homophobic material he might have said. Right, everyone, and, all the tweets and all this other... And the thing about it is that... And then, for example, um, with 21 Savage, you know, Black Twitter jumped on Demi Lovato mm-hmm. for making fun of him. Mm-hmm. And they were making fun of him. Yeah. So it's like, even they have... Like, there's just sensitivity around everything. Like, we can make fun of it, but you can't. Yeah. And don't say shit about those people because that's going to be offensive. Mm-hmm. I'm like, but the point of comedy is to be offensive. Yeah, you're supposed to push the envelope. envelope yeah, yeah. <laughs> and just bring truth, you know? And yeah. so I feel like everyone's trying to be this quote-unquote open-minded mm-hmm. and trying to be, like, acceptance of all. Yeah. And if you watch, like, for example, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel... Mm-hmm. they're dealing with those issues that we have now because they're getting censored yeah. and like, Oh, you can't talk about pregnancy on stage and you can't talk about, you know, this, that, this, that, and third on stage. And yeah. now we're being told, well, you, if you really talk about, you know, what you think about the me too movement, yeah. you're going to get, you know, yeah. blasted and all these other things. So it's like, you're, you shouldn't you're... be afraid to speak out. Mm. The point of free speech is so that it lets people know who they are, you know? Yeah. It's not so that you could say, but now that you've spoken, I disagree with that, so shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Because that's the slippery slope, then what's going to be okay? Yeah. For a while, I used to keep a lot of Trump supporters on my wall just to hear their their point of view. But then I, then I was like, okay, now this is getting ridiculous because <laughs> I just, I want, I want, I want, some of the Democrats, like, okay, like Kamala Harris, right? Now, we know about her checkered past, right? But like, at the moment that she announced, we was all over her. Like, we, we tore her down. Like, it was like, yeah, whatever. She got the Hillary Clinton. I feel like she got the, she got the Clinton treatment. Mm-hmm. All right. And then Cory Booker. And I wrote a Facebook status. I was like, okay, starts to stop watch. 
<laughs> because we're going to turn him down eventually. And then it, I wouldn't vote for Cory Booker. I don't like Cory Booker. I don't like him because he talked too much. I don't like him because... And he's bald-headed. And any bald-headed black man, I don't trust because he's trying to hide something. Uh-oh. Well, not all of them. <laughs> you know you know very tall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not all of them. Not all of them. Not all of them. Yeah. But, like, you got to have some hair somewhere. Like, on your face or on your head. You just <laughs> can't... that's true. Yeah, like... Yes. He's he's too clean shaved. What do you what, what are you trying to hide? Your gray hair? Yeah. Your hairline? What are you hiding? <laughs> he's just trying to look like baby smooth. But no, I don't here's the thing. First of all, just like a Cory Booker quickly, like my mom lived in Newark while he was mayor mm-hmm. and he did a, like a terrible job. He had corruption in his ranks, you know, he like violent crime increased. He re, while he reduced the police force. Mm-hmm. Um you know, he claimed that Newark had electricity up and running after Hurricane Sandy when it didn't, and my mom didn't have electricity. So, I mean, I just feel like he's more of a celebrity mm-hmm. than he is someone who takes action. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing about it, I, I mean, I think we have Donald Trump as backlash to Obama. I really don't think the next president is going to be anyone of color. Yeah. I think it'll probably be a white guy and maybe like a white woman VP. Yeah. And that'll be, like, the breakthrough, is that yeah. we finally have, like, we broke history again with a white woman VP, but America's not ready, yeah. as we've seen. Yeah, we're not- even Barack Obama was like, I think I was 20 years too early. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's what he said in an interview. He's like, I was 20 years, we, we rushed this shit, y'all. I thought we was ready. I thought we were ready. That one's on me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was on me, y'all. I, yeah. I, I could have just waited. I didn't know. He could have waited, because, you know, it's like, you know, uh, they're talking about uh, Joe Biden running, and he's like... In his mid to late seventies, yeah, you know, I, Obama would have been sixty five, yeah, if he had run or waited, you know. Yeah, I mean, and, and with Trump being almost um, what 74? Yeah. like with him, opens up the door for Biden to come in because before right. it was the uh, you know the stigmatism of basically he's too old to run. Right, and that but, was what happened to John McCain. Yeah, like you yeah. know, he's one, he's, he's one. one heart attack away. <laughs> <laughs> hey, here we go, sir. Painting like, yeah, yeah. Die. die, motherfucker, die. So, yeah, RP. Um, so, <laughs> so yeah, so, so like, but I, I, I just feel like as a unit, as a mm-hmm. community, we we quick to bash our own people. That's right. Yeah. Like as soon as they're not like, because I don't remember all this backlash when Elizabeth Warren, because it's like uh, it's like eight other people who already announced they're running mm-hmm. for president. I only seen two backlashes so far. We really and, are tougher on our own, and it's. I don't really understand why, mm-hmm. um, but I do think that if you really stop and think about it and take it into context, right, like, slave masters pitted slaves against each other Yeah. by coming up with this, like, skin tone system, Yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So, we have been infighting mm-hmm. for hundreds of years, right? Mm-hmm. Like, even mm-hmm. in Puerto Rico, it's the same color system and in a lot of the Caribbean, because that was what was brought over in terms of who's going to work in the house, who's going to work in the fields, who's going to get raped, you know? like. Yeah. And I do feel like there is a really serious culture of infighting. Yeah. You know, that, you know, Hispanics and, you know, black people, like, would have, you know, the Latin kings in this way. You know what I mean? Like, there's yeah. always just these beefs. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's by design. Because we, just minorities without number, yeah. white people, if we all just, if we all coalesce. Yeah. Like, and that's why you have like this fucking set. It's like, who's black? Who's Asian? What kind of Asian? What kind yeah, of, yeah. so that if we're segmented, mm-hmm. then we have less incentive to all come together and protest. Because we're the other 70% of right. the 30, because 30% got Trump in. <laughs> right. So the other 70% is just, you know, like broken down by like black, Hispanic, Hispanic and white, right. Hispanic and green. <laughs> right. And that's the thing. Like I really, really feel that like we have to stop paying attention because what we really need is like, let's get there first mm-hmm. and then we can fight. Yeah. About what we need. But everyone fucking... Let me... I mean, I remember... I was an intern when I was in college at the Department of Commerce. Mm-hmm. And it was Hispanic Heritage Month. And so we were trying to plan events for Hispanic Heritage Month at the, uh, the Department of Commerce. And then the woman who run, who ran, like, some programs for, like, African Americans was pissed. Mm-hmm. And she said, well, we want the same funding. Mm-hmm. And then we're like, well, there is no more funding. Yeah. And then, you know, all this tussle, so, like, basically the whole month wound up being canceled because we didn't have enough money for both 
Yeah. Like part. So I'm just like, there has to be a way for all these communities to just come together and be like, we really all have one main objective. Yeah. To like get racist people out of office. Could you end there? Well, yeah. <laughs> like once they're all out. Yeah. Then we could talk about, okay, what do you guys need? Yeah. What do you guys need? Now we can work on education. Now we can work on this, that, and the third. Yeah. But everyone's so focused on their own come up yeah. that I think they're not seeing the bigger picture. And, and, and one of the things that I've, I've, I've learned, because I, I just got into politics maybe um, Obama era um, into like now. Mm-hmm. I wasn't into politics like that. I was into hip hop. Uh, Rockefeller for life. Anyway, so um, so you're looking at maybe about 13 years of me like really doing a crash course of politics, and Trump has shown me or 45 or how you want to call it. I'll call him 45. I say Trump just in case I have one of the two people or Trump supporter. Um, that it's not so much who the president is, like that's that's one that's like one piece, but it's who he brings in with him, you know. So like you have, uh, you have Trump and then you have Jeff Sessions as an attorney general. Mm-hmm. So he's scrapping away at all these different yeah. rights. You know, you got the homeland security person. You know what I'm saying? Human rights. You know, lock lock these babies up in the in the cage. Then you have, uh, um, you have somebody. You have Betsy DeVos stripping away education. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's like it's not so much who the who the face of the, of all of this is who. Could be Kamala, it could be uh, Corey, it could be Elizabeth Warren. Is who you going to nominate in these other positions to make sure that we're good as a country? Right. And I don't think everybody's like, well, she, you know, I, I, I it's funny because when I hit this to the black community, our community, I always hear, well, what are they going to do for Chicago? Right. What Obama going to do for Chicago? Mm-hmm. Well, he came for Chicago, he didn't know for Chicago. But no one, no one ever questioned Trump about Chicago. And when they did, the first thing he said was stop and frisk. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's the most racist. Uh, <laughs> so, like, that's what they did in New York. It yeah. was like this huge racist yeah. policy. So yeah. it's, it's like we got to get our minds not just on who the president will be, but like as dig deeper, like who you going to have running education? Because the chick that we got now is about to reopen ITT Tech. And um, <laughs> <laughs> and we need to know how that's going to work out on, on in the long run. And I got my right. degree from ITT Tech. And um, I need to, I need my loan discharged, um, Salome. But um, <laughs> but you know, it's just those things that are very mm-hmm. important that no one really thinks about. And I didn't I didn't think about how important it was, how diverse it was when uh, Obama, you know, had his cabinet mm-hmm. and his staff and stuff like that. Until you see all old white men and women. <laughs> well, the thing cabinet. that um, there have been a few articles about it, but actually, maybe I'll talk about this in the next show. But Trump has very low key been remaking the federal judiciary. Mm-hmm. And what that means is that in federal court, the trial level is district court. Mm-hmm. Then if you want appeals, it's the court of appeals. Mm-hmm. And then if you want an appeal from that, it's the U.S. Supreme Court. Yeah. But the district court is a trial court. And really, it's the one that has most impact mm-hmm. because beyond that, it's very rare for your appeals to go up. Right. Mm-hmm. They'll get denied. Mm-hmm. So the district court judges who are federal judges are some of the most powerful people in the country. And he has been putting in more and more conservatives that have been passing through. Shout out to Bishop McConnell. Yes. (laughs) And they are Article 3 judges, so they're there for life. Okay. So he's making a bigger impact on the country through this, like, judicial appointments, Mm -hmm. because now it's the same problem that we have on the Supreme Court with all these conservatives. Now you're going to have people go into federal court on issues where they may want someone who's not going to take the big company side yeah, or, you know, who's not going to, you know, shit on the doctor who's trying to do an abortion. You know what I mean? So there's all these ways that, you know, he has infiltrated. Yeah. Shout out to Rachel Maddow because yesterday she she just did a story and I don't know if if it was Ari who did the story or no, it was Rachel because Ari would have dropped some big L lyrics. (laughs) It was definitely Rachel. And, um, she was talking about, um, in Alabama or it was a racist it was a racist state it wasn't Virginia it was either Alabama or somewhere else or Mississippi um it was a guy who sent us a duff row and um I told you hey I told you here's here's the girl hey here's the girl here's the girl uh and so he was sending us a duff row he's Muslim he's Muslim or Muslim whatever and um he was sent to the death row. He just found out 
that on his on his deathbed he wanted his Muslim religious leader to be there, mm-hmm. and um, they uh, but they were like, no, you can't because it needs to be. We only for security reasons only have a Christian religious leader. He was like, okay, cool. So they put in a you know they basically put a stay a stay on the execution or whatever one they put to put a pause on it. Basically that the the jail mm-hmm. yeah the jail basically went and did an emergency appeal so they could execute him still with the Christian leader. Yeah. It went all the way to the Supreme Court and they were like, yeah, you're right, kill him now. And then basically went back down they still killed him with the Christian leader and it was like, and I was like, I don't think that normally would happen. It was just basically breaking it down saying, this is like elementary school because they 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 um they, they, they basically uh, recited a law. Mm-hmm. But if, if you read the law, I don't have a law degree. Mm-hmm. I got my degree from IT Tech, <laughs> business programming. And, <laughs> and, and basically I was reading, I was like, yeah, and they should have not taken this case one or rushed the execution. They should have basically let him get, get his religious leader of his choice. If you're gonna die, you know you're like, no, we only serve ham steaks. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, but I'm Muslim. Well, for security reasons, you're only going to get ham steaks. So what you're gonna do? Right. <laughs> and, and and I would have to look at the law. Mm-hmm. Um, but I forgot which one they cited. Yeah, I would have to look at it, but. The reason why you would do something like that as an, on an emergency basis is because it takes years to get on mm-hmm. death row. Yeah. And then once you're on death row, mm-hmm. it takes years to finally get executed because of all the appeals. Yeah. And so they were looking at it, I'm pretty sure, from like a financial standpoint. And yeah. we're like, we've spent all this money. He's exhausted all his appeals. We're set up. You know, like, we're here, we're all ready to go. And so, I don't know, um, you know, it would have been maybe cruel and unusual punishment for him to have been executed without, like, his religious... Yeah, I think they called it a mom. I think a mom or something like that. Yeah. But I was like, his mom? Like, no, his mom. I'm like, okay. Yeah. I I mean, it's fucked up. I mean, Mm -hmm. the only reason the Supreme Court would say go ahead is if they found that he didn't have the right... To his own, yeah, it was it was a five to four. It was a uh, yeah, basically that's what it was. It was like five to four, but basically they were saying not only did they cite that section of the law, but they also said that he had enough time mm-hmm. to, to make his peace. Yeah, not only to make his peace, but to realize that this was this was the stature, mm-hmm. and he could have appealed it a long time ago. Right, but he was, you know, but they. Wow, um, that's a lawyer fuck up. I hope he's yeah. the lawyers. <laughs> so it was like, so basically, in um, in the article, basically, Rachel was saying that he found all of this out like the day before. Wow, that's and, his lawyers. Like, they have, a, they. De- I mean, his estate have, definitely has a malpractice claim against his atto- attorneys for sure. Mm-hmm. So. I mean that's that's pretty interesting. I just wanted to share that. Why yeah. why are we all in blackface? Why why is Virginia in blackface, Teresa? <laughs> I don't know what the fuck is going on? Yeah, but here's the thing. I apparently they've been looking through all yearbooks now from GW, mm-hmm. and there's like blackface all over them. Apparently, yeah. this was like all the rage yeah. in the eighties <laughs> with blackface, and so we should be apparently expecting even more people. Mm in Virginia government to come out with blackface. But you know, Rob Coffey, um, who's a comic, he posted something today and he was like, I think maybe Jay Z made people comfortable <laughs> with the Sam but with the you know, the story of OJ. Yeah. And I'm like, maybe white people didn't get it and they thought it was just a catchy song. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, oh look at this great cartoon. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I don't understand like I don't I don't get it. But I guess my point is for that you know, we just have to really assume that every white person in government, Democrat or Republican, is racist. Yeah, every single one of them. That's just an assumption. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm sure individually they're fine people, but we do have to operate under the assumption because every person has to answer to their constituents mm-hmm. and every constituency has racists. Yeah, right? Especially in Virginia. Especially in Virginia. So. <laughs> I guess the thing is, like, rather than spending so much time worrying about what some something that he did 30 years ago that was popular at the time and socially mm. acceptable at the time, because no one objected to it being in the yearbook, yeah. like, we got to think about, all right, if everyone sucks, like, what's the least sucky person? Yeah. You know, who's going to still do more? I mean, it seemed to me that prior to this, you know, he has 
he came across as an ally and he was doing good things for Virginia. I don't know his record. Yeah. But my security guard upstairs, the uh, security oh lady, mm-hmm. um, the head, head security lady, um, is very upset about this because uh, she feels as if he's done a lot for education and stuff in Virginia. Mm-hmm. And we have to stop all, as soon as we, as a unit, I didn't say, you know, like just saying community, as a unit, we got to stop. As soon as we see something jumping on yeah. that person and like, we want their resignation. We want this. We want that. Because you got to remember who's the next person, even though the next person, they're trying to impeach him immediately because he's Afro-American. And <laughs> well, think about it too. Like, there's a couple points about that, right? Like, what I just said this on my show. I'm like, we need to stop having these immediate knee-jerk reactions. Yeah. Like, social media has made it way too easy for people to just blast their first thought yeah and then by the time you backtrack and slow down your thought process you've already damaged someone's career yeah and all those other things but the other part of it too is think about like the stereotypes that the media is playing to right Mm. now right like black men have historically been seen as you know sexually aggressive Mm -hmm. and that's why you know they're white women are fearful and that's why um you know, police are justified in saying they're afraid of black men. Like, black men are like the predators, right? Yeah. Stereotype. We're, and so we're Harambe. We, right. And then so, <laughs> the thing, I'm going to just be honest and say the thing that aggravates me the most about the Me Too movement, it's not that these women um, haven't experienced what they've experienced, and mm-hmm. it's not that they don't have a right to tell their story, but I really do think that they have a right to tell their story responsibly. Yeah. And this um, woman, the first woman, I don't remember her name off the top of my head, but the woman who um, made her first claim against the lieutenant governor, you know, again, like she's been speaking about this issue for years. I understand that she's been an advocate for sexual abuse victims her whole career. Mm-hmm. But she also knew about all of this when he was running. Yeah. You know? And... I like beer. I get that people want to tell their stories in their own time. Yeah. But you also, like, you're talking about someone who is a public official. Whatever you say is going to have broad implications, not just for that public official, but the community that he serves. Yeah. So if you really think that you have the obligation to come forward and warn the community about this person, your obligation started when he ran. Yeah. The fact that she's coming forward with this now, at this particular point in time, just, you know, and I and then there's some, you know, another person is claiming that he raped her in 2000. Yeah. 19 years ago. Mm-hmm. I have a problem with that. Like, I have a problem with people coming forward decades later against a public official because these are really high stakes on the line. Yeah. And... There is such a thing called as due process. Yeah. You know, I'm a lawyer. I have to think about the fact that, you know, careers are being ruined on the basis of allegations with no substantive evidence. Yeah. And I get, I'm a victim of sexual assault and rape and all of those things. And, you know, I've had issues that have stemmed from that. So I get it. Mm. It's not that I'm saying these women don't have a right to tell and own their stories. But I don't think that a lot of the women who are doing these storytellings are doing them responsibly. Yeah. For example, um, I very strongly disagreed with the way Juno Diaz was treated um, when some allegations of about him came up because he had published a story um, disclosing Juno Diaz's um, Pulitzer Prize winning Dominican author from New Jersey who came forward in an essay and revealed that he had been raped as a child. Yeah. And in response to that, there were some women who came up and were like, well, he was a machismo asshole and he was a terrible boyfriend. And one time he kissed me like aggressively. (laughs) And then all of a sudden, you Mm. know, he got kicked off the Pulitzer Prize board. He Mm. had to cancel appearances because these women are coming in and saying, you know, that these like one guy was one woman was literally like he said, go and clean the dishes. I'm Dominican. That's what I like. I mean, that's being an asshole. That's not Mm, assault. Yeah. Right. Like <laughs> he hurt me. Right. And I think that if if so many women come forward with stories like this, you know, I don't think th- I think that there's a lot more involved than you owning your truth. Yeah. Because now we're in a position where 
the focus has shifted, like you said, well, let's leave the white guy alone and now let's get the black guy in office, yeah. out of office. Yeah. Right? Like, On the basis of things that are uncorroborated. Yeah. And, and for me, okay, as a black guy, all right, black man, all right. Um, I remember one time I was doing a show and um, I was talking about an incident that happened a long time ago uh, at a, a different show. And I, and I said that um, it's irresponsible to, I, 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 I was like, it's irresponsible to go from, it was a joke that a comedian had said, and they turned around and um, somebody said that he did something to him. So it went from he did something to him to he's not a very funny comic. And I, I'm like, that's cool, but at the same time, if you know, if he has a history of doing these things, and y'all all know this. Why are you still accepting free drinks from them? Right. So like, like we can't do. You just can't do that. And then they hit me with, "Well, I can't believe you're saying that. You have a daughter, and I'm like that's cool, but I also have a son. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And I'm a black man myself, and I know in history, history has proven that whenever, um, not just a white woman, just in general, we're gonna say in general, mainly white women, whenever they say a certain person raped them, without due process. You know, you're They're given the benefit of the doubt. You're dead. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And there's been times proven that, you know, through cases, you just look it up, SVU, whatever, TV shows where someone's accused of rape and then the DNA comes out, that man wasn't even over there. Right. Or it was just a big argument. And and I, feel, I just feel like we need to be more careful about how we announce things. I, if you say, if you say, hey, this person raped me, I'm going to believe you. At the same time, I am going to be hesitant because I have a right to, because I'm a black man, <laughs> and I know history to be like, okay, um, I believe you, but I would like to at least see the evidence. Yeah. <laughs> I just think that's the right response. Well, the other problem, I mean, sexual assault evidence is a really big problem because the other part of it is that, like, you know, it's like watching an episode of, you know, SVU mm-hmm. or not even that, just like a crime scene drama, right? Where mm. you go and they have the tape around the crime scene and like no one step on anything because you don't want to like mess Contain, up the evidence, yeah, right? Terminate, yeah. Well, when you have a sexual assault, the woman body is the evidence. Yeah. Like her body needs to be examined. Mm. She has to go get a rape kit, do all of these things. Mm. Or, for example, if in, in this case of this woman who's brought her claim against the lieutenant governor, she said that he forced, a, forced her to have um, oral sex. Why did she bite her? But see that when I say that, <laughs> now I'm insensitive. I can't believe you said that. You have a daughter, but I also have a son. Yeah, I mean the thing. <laughs> but the thing about it is that, like, look, again, I get the trauma and the stress and the shame that's associated with a sexual assault. I understand all of that, and so I'm not saying that it's not a very, very difficult thing mm-hmm. to do. Yeah. But we as a society have to start encouraging women to report whatever it is immediately. Yeah, exactly. Like, you have a text. If you have a text 10 minutes after you say something happened to your girlfriend, Mm -hmm. that text is evidence. Because in, in federal court or in the law... When you have something that's very, very close in time mm-hmm. to the actual event, it's called either like an excited utterance where mm-hmm. you don't have the time to lie. Like, you're, like your adrenaline is going. Yeah. And so people are in a heightened state. And so anything that they say and things that are overheard would be admissible. Yeah. Right? So if she had left that apartment, for example, sobbing or crying or whatever and texted her friend and being like, this guy just forced me to do X, Y, and Z, mm-hmm. she could have taken that text to the cops and now she at least has a corroborating story because minutes after she left mm. you know what i mean like think people need to be educated because this waiting you know even a year let alone 10 and 15 and 20 years to come forward with stories mm. that you have no physical evidence about and you had never gone to the police and made a report yeah. it can only help you to do that yeah you know and the other part of it is that men if these men like think that they're really being lied about. If I was a lieutenant governor and I've seen the way he strenuously objected to both of these allegations, I would sue the women for slander. Yeah. I really would because there has to be accountability. You can't come forward with these kinds of things with no evidence, with no statements corroborating you, with nothing that you went to a police report 
or you got an exam, you know, and now 20 years later, years after this guy ran his campaign, you're coming forward. Yeah. After, after you realize that he's next in line, once you ask the blackface uh, coon man <laughs> to resign. Right. So right. It's, it's only <laughs> until he became like almost governor, but lieutenant governor is, is an important position too. Yeah. And again, like this is a woman who knew better. I'm yeah. sorry, but she, if you spent your career talking about sexual assault and studying the psychology of it mm-hmm. and working in a rape center and doing all of these different things, then you know firsthand the urgency that's involved with coming forward. Yeah. You know firsthand the the necessity of evidence and you know the necessity of getting treatment and the necessity of speaking out. Mm-hmm. So again, the fact her background to me works against her. Yeah. Everyone's saying why would she lie because she's got like all this background in you know helping women who've gone through this Mm -hmm. that may give her more credibility but on the flip side of that she knew better and she knew enough earlier to have come forward earlier yeah so i mean and i don't i wasn't in the room i can't say for sure one way or the other yeah but i'm saying the way that this came out was incredibly irresponsible and it because it, it at that point it's not just your story now you're impacting citizens of an entire state yeah you know, and what their potential leadership is going to be. You said a lot there, Teresa. I did. That's why Teresa be talking. <laughs> <laughs> so you talking with Teresa? I'm so. Sorry. No, no, no. You good? Yeah. No, 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 no. I mean, because uh, I mean, it's it's good. It's, it's it's refreshing. I like to use big words. Even refreshing is not a big word, but like when you're educated, you mm-hmm. get to say different adjectives to describe. <laughs> it feels good. Mm-hmm. It's refreshing to be able to talk to a woman, mm-hmm. right, and be able to talk about sexual assault and have a point of view from both ends where it's not like, oh, you're wrong and I can't believe you didn't take the woman's side. Where it's good because I think a lot of times, um, and I think you you touched on it too, in social media land, you're not allowed to, I give you my opinion, you either agree with my opinion or don't comment on my, or you're blocked. And it's okay, I feel like it's okay to agree to disagree, Mm -hmm. but it's not okay to to agree to disagree to not want to talk to you again. Because right. you got to be able to see both sides, right? And I think the disconnect now is nobody wants to see both the sides, other, the other yeah. person's side. And that's what I'm saying about the knee jerk reaction. Like everyone's yeah. just having. Like I just read, um, I don't remember her name. This actress made a state. Ellen Page mm-hmm. um, came out. Um, she's a, I think she's gay or bi, but she came out and made a statement against Chris Pratt, mm-hmm. right? And because he. The guy who was in that space movie. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I think I know you're The one with the tree that grew and the little raccoon. Yeah, maybe. You know, you, everyone on this thing is going to yell off the name. The Galaxy movie. Okay. Anyway, so <laughs> he, he's a star of that. Anyway, so he goes to an, L, an anti-LGBTQ church. Mm-hmm. Like, he just doesn't believe in it. Yeah. Right? And so she did this whole thing calling him out and asking for him to be fired and all this other stuff. And again, I'm just like, listen... You can't change other people. Yeah. You can only change and work on yourself. So it doesn't matter who that person's sleeping with, and it doesn't matter what that person's saying, so long as they're not trying to fuck with your rights. Yeah. Just, you know, all you need to know is who people are so that you know where to go. Yeah, how to navigate with with that person. So, like, if that person is fundamentally, like, different from what you believe, now you know I'm not going to fuck with that person. Yeah. But it doesn't have to be that person's a bad person. It mm. just happens to be that that's what he believes. Yeah. And that's not your business. Yeah. You know? I, I'm, I'm reminded of an episode of Oz. <laughs> <laughs> that's an old show. <laughs> uh, uh, of the, um, the, one of the Aryan brothers, he was like second in command. Mm-hmm. And um, he had bad gums. <laughs> and um, so anyway, he went to the to the dentist and, um, and the dentist was either Indian or Muslim, whatever. Mm-hmm. I think he was Indian. And uh, he was like, I don't want, oh, because he said, because, he, you know, in, in Oz, they use racial terms. So he, I think he called him a spit, so whatever spits are. Mm-hmm. Spits, yeah. Anyway, so he was like, oh, okay. So so the doctor, why well, he had, you know, anesthesia and stuff like that, because he wanted a white do- dentist, mm-hmm. and they didn't have one, you know, just had him. Right. So basically, the, the, the dentist put black gums, replacement gums, in his mouth. And, oh my God. and so he was like, yeah, and I hope you're happy now because now you're not pure. You got black gums. He's like, ah! <laughs> like, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's, 
So he's trying to hide the he's trying to hide his medical file. Oh my god! That shows he has black gums now. No black like black gum. So wow. The head Aryan guy finds out, and he was like, "You're out of the Aryan Brotherhood," and he's like, "No!" So he goes and he tries to peel the gum. Oh my god! To, I don't think I saw that episode. Yeah. Thank God. So the only way he could be part of the Aryan Brotherhood was he had to become you know a bitch. He had to be the you know he had to be the bottom. And so he had to, you know, suck dick to survive. And um, he did that? Yeah, he had to until he killed the, his his boyfriend. I don't even know that that... Okay, well, it's a TV yeah. show. I don't yeah, think that like, would have been was, constitutional, but okay. Yeah, it was like season four <laughs> or five. I'm glad it was. That was an intense fucking show. Yeah. Like, I, I tried keeping up with it because I was interested in the love story with the inmate and the doctor. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because there was a lot of love stories. I just wanted you to... No, just... that one was the one that I was like, ooh, it was the forbidden love of yeah. like the inmate and the doctor who knows mm. better and all that shit. Like, I was into that story. I had a crush on the doctor. She was cute. Yeah, because she was on the, um, New York Undercover. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I used to love that theme. Okay, all right. Anyway, Teresa... <laughs> This has been fun. It has been fun. We had a good dialogue. We had a good dialogue. Some discussion. Yeah. Hey, look, tell the people. Tell the people. This is fun. Um, this probably go drop tomorrow. No, Monday. Monday, Tuesday. I don't drop them. Uh, I try not to do it on the same time. Bus release their podcast. Scott Dito shares. Um, so it'll probably be Tuesday. Okay. Um, so tell the people where you're gonna be at. Um, I know you at the Improv today. This we're recording on a Saturday. Y'all won't hear it, but I, um, you did two shows already. Right? Yeah, we did two shows uh, last night, and we have two more tonight. I think they're all sold out, so okay. that's exciting. All right, what you got going on the rest of the week, though? And then uh, Wednesday, I will be... Well, actually, back up Tuesday, I will be um, at the Comedy Loft Beer Baron mm-hmm. doing the Rock the Mic, the new mic. Pass the Mic. Pass the Mic? Sorry, Pass the Mic. Oh, the Thursday show? Yeah. Oh, you're talking about Dominic Greer. This is the other one. This is the other, this the, is the other mic. The Pass the Mic on Tuesdays. Dominic is on Wednesday. Dominic Rivera is on Wednesday. Yeah. Dominic Rivera is on Tuesday. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I'm doing his Tuesday. All those doms. Yeah, all those doms. <laughs> so I'm doing, I'm doing the, the comedy off Tuesday, and then also on Tuesday is Showcase at the Pinch. Okay. And then Wednesday is Talking with Teresa. Okay. Talking with Teresa. Now, last Wednesday, I got to do this, the big homie Tommy Taylor Jr., he was on that journey. He was. How, how, how was he? He was late. He was late? Hey, <laughs> when, you, when you're a celebrity, you never got to be on time. <laughs> shit but in his defense it was raining mm-hmm. and so i mean you just have to add an hour to travel anywhere in fucking dc when it rains because people down here just don't know how to deal with precipitation it's a mm-hmm. damn shame no it's wet yeah <laughs> it's they're wet. like i don't know what to do with moisture oh god we're yeah. gonna die oh god so but he was fun and then he had you know he was just saying um i think a lot of the same things that we've talked about that you know people are are very um hypocritical because you on the one hand you want one thing you don't want it for other people you know like you want to be able to say whatever you want to say but then you're getting offended when people speak Mm. their truth you know what are you saying i don't like what you're saying block right like you should be free to be yourself no not that way no not like that (laughs) that's not what i meant (laughs) you know what i said i said what i said be yourself but you know like be the kind of you that I like. Yeah, but not like that. Yeah. I'm actually looking for a particular song. Keep talking, Teresa. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just buy any time. Yeah. So, what else? Oh, so then today I'm going to, after here, I'm going to the Blind Wino. Mm-hmm. Because um, there is a party there and they're doing like a hip-hop Hall of Fame induction ceremony for Scarface. Mm-hmm. And then they're having a hip-hop karaoke competition. Oh. So I am doing that. So you go, I'm you, going you, to you win. Go, you're going to do, so what, what hip-hop are you going to do, though? I'm going to do Lauryn Hill. Do what that thing. Well, if you're going to do Lauryn Hill, make sure you don't show up. What do you mean? Because she don't show up. Oh. <laughs> you're with the competition, absolutely. Oh, my God. <laughs> when they call your name, just... That's a d- damn shame. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I didn't even think of that. <laughs> it's like, it's okay if I'm late. Yeah, that's, okay. what, that's what she would do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but thank you, Teresa. Thank you for coming out. Oh, no worries. Um, Thanks I'm, for having me. I never, hope I come back. Oh, yeah. I got you. Yeah. I had to play a little Bow Wow. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway. Hey, um, what I got this week? I pull my schedule out. Oh, and um, oh, give me your social media and stuff like that. Oh, so on Instagram, it's TLC underscore comedy. Mm-hmm. That's the same for Twitter. And then um, Talking with Teresa is the Facebook page. Okay. Okay. Um, let's see. What I got? Yay.
Let me see what I got. What I got, Teresa? Teresa, what I got? Yeah, um, February 12th. That is a Tuesday. I'm at the Nottingham in uh, Columbia, Maryland. Um, That's a fun show. Oh yeah, I'm gonna I'm do that joint with Sean Savoy. He got he's Doctor Glass in the flyer. Really? Yeah, he's Doctor oh, Glass. I haven't seen one. That's awesome. Yeah, he's, yeah. yeah, he's a cartoon. He does great graphics. Yeah. Uh, the 13th, I'm doing the Commonwealth Open Mic. Okay. With Dominic Grayer. The 14th, I'm back. Happy Valentine's Day to all the ladies. Yeah, hallelujah. Oh, yeah. Um, the fourth fourteen, I'm at Reliable Tavern. Come through. I'm gonna get you guys some free water. Um, um, February fifteenth, I'm in Haymark, Virginia, with Chelsea Short and um, David Hiltner. And on the seventeenth, I'm at SCOTUS, DC, with Leon Oscar. No, but I, I it's Soto. Soto? Soto? Oh, Sato. 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 Well, Leon Scott. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> SCOTUS. I'm at the SCOTUS. I was like, you're going to go watch your argument? Yeah, I'm, I'm, with, I'm with the SCOTUS. I'm with the people. All right, you got to line up. I'm going to uh, I'm going to Atlanta on Thursday morning, I think. Okay. Yeah. You know this? Is it some friends and fam down there? You want to you you audition for a Tyler Perry play? I might. Do it. I heard that, you know, the booty's appreciated in Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not touching that one at all. Oh, shout out to Brandon Moore. He was actually praying for traffic for you because he wanted to see you here. Oh, really? Yeah, but he's at work. He was like, I'm about to, I'm, a, I'm praying for traffic. I got to get on this podcast. Oh, okay. I'll make sure next time um, yeah, I bring, bring you. Yeah, bring him on next time. Yeah, he's here all the time. But, of course, he's at work the one time. I bring Teresa Consumption on. Yeah. Uh, thank you all again. Follow the show, Open Mic Radio Podcast. Uh, Open Mic Radio RR on Instagram. Open Mic Radio Podcast on Twitter. Follow me, OMIB757, on all social media. And, um... Yeah, man. Thank y'all to the ones and twos. Until next time, folks. Uh, we're back. We're, we're out. Hey, it's your girl, Trady Sade. When I'm not hosting Comedical Relief at Wonderland Ballroom, you can catch me listening to the Open Mic Radio Podcast. <laughs>